What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday. We made it. It's finally Friday, March the 17th in the year of the Lord. Wait a minute. 2023. But it's St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Make sure you got your green on today so you don't get pinched. Linda, if you don't have your green on, I'm going to be pinching you. I don't know if she even heard any of that. Hey, this is episode 824 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, why they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. But man, we've got you a great show today. And I have missed our first hour guest. It has been, it feels like it's been a month and a half since we've had him on. When in reality, today, what is uh, March 17th, and the last time we had him on was March 6th, so it's been 11, day, 11 days since we've had this per, this man on because we swapped around our first-hour guest. It's our good friend Paul Whittington is going to be joining us. He's our NASCAR, NHL, Carolina Hurricanes expert, uh, just tons of other stuff, too. He thinks he's a college basketball expert, according to uh, uh, a couple of messages that we've exchanged this morning. <sighs> I'll address that here in a moment, but, uh, but no, we're going to be uh, catching up on, uh, last week's, uh, NASCAR race in Phoenix. We're going to preview this week's, uh, races uh, the whole weekend at Atlanta motor speedway. We're going to take a look at the Carolina hurricanes and, uh, just some bad news from there too. All this stuff has happened since the last time that we had, uh, Paul on, uh, Man, Hurricanes lost Andre Svechnikov for the season, one of our team leaders, if not. I, I would probably consider Ajo, Sebastian Ajo, our, our number one offensive threat and, you know, uh, number one there. But, man, Svech is uh, right there, too. And uh, we're just going to get all the repercussions of what this means and how much is this going to hurt the Hurricanes as the playoffs are just right around the corner. And uh, just absolutely what you don't want to see uh, with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. But everything, uh, we'll, we'll be talking. We may talk some NCAA basketball. I don't know, though, because uh, I'm, I'm a hurting puppy right now with everything that uh, happened yesterday. But, uh, again, we'll get to that in a moment. But let me tell you, our second-hour guest, it has been way – somehow it's been too long since Paul's been on. That was only 11 days. Uh, man, our uh, second-hour guest, we love her. Think the world of her. That rhymed. I uh, can't wait to have her on the air with us. Today is her birthday, too. It's the great Felicia Nikki Solomon from the Kinston City Council. She's going to be joining us live on Spence Automotive Guest Line. We're going to try to have her in here, but she's actually on vacation. She started yesterday. So she's going to be joining us. <laughs> she's on vacation, and she's going to be joining us in our second hour, in the 8 o'clock hour live. 
and I uh, really do appreciate her. Man, we're going to pick her brain on a ton of stuff. We're going to see how life on the city council is going. She's also uh, works for Lenore County Public Schools in a very important position there, too. But uh, listen, the election cycle is upon us again already. This is March 17th. Uh, they'll be filing soon here in the city of Kinston. And uh, there's three positions uh, on the uh, Kinston City Council that are up for uh, up for election this year. Hers is one of them, uh, and they're all on city council. Mayor's race isn't for another couple of years, but Felicia's is coming up. Uh, Sammy Akins is coming up, and uh, uh, Pearl Hardy, Antonio Pearl Hardy, his position. So uh, three open, like I said, three seats that are coming up. We're gonna. I, I'm pretty sure. You know what we need to have, and I will. I, we need to have Sammy and uh and pearl on the show here just see where they're gonna if they're gonna decide if they're gonna run or not my gut says they're going to but i uh, don't know about felicia but we're gonna find out about that this morning i've always called her uh the non-politician she's a politician and a how can i say blah 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 she is a non-politician but in a political position and uh just again we've we've uh never uh hidden how much we love her and just uh again we're going to pick her brain on a bunch of stuff but she'll be live with us on our uh, spence automotive guest line to uh and like i said we'll figure out what's going on with her uh so there you go uh, again uh paul whittington in our first hour uh felicia nikki solomon in our second hour and there is uh your show for today we've got a great birthday game for you coming up too let's recap a couple of things last night uh Listen, had a blast. Uh, Linda and I had a lot of fun at last night's Lenore Community College President's Reception. I want to thank uh, LCC President Dr. Rusty Hunt, Richie Honeycutt, Catherine Pearson, all the great folks over at Lenore Community College for inviting Linda and I to be a part of it. It was a lot of fun, man. We really enjoyed the great food that was prepared by Jeff Jordan's Culinary Arts crew. I'm telling you, man, there were some fancy gr- there was some fancy grub over at LCC last night, and uh, Linda and I had a good time with it. I got to tell you that maybe I don't get out enough, although I think I'm out quite a bit. I mean, I got to hang out at Lovick's Cafe yesterday morning for a little bit. Uh, saw a ton of people in there, had a really good time. Saw Larry Powell, who I used to work with at the Free Press. We're going to get him up here on the show sometime in the next few weeks too but uh so i had a really good long talk with steve yesterday you know how you know what this is the deal this is what i always say about lovick's cafe if you go into lovick's cafe and you think if you go in to eat now not if you're just going in to go pick something up uh you know if you've pre-ordered whatever you can get in and out pretty easy but i'm telling you this it's it never fails and i love it you go to Lovick's Cafe, you're going to see somebody you know. I pretty much guarantee it. If you've lived here, I would put the over-under at two years. If you've lived in Kinston and Lenore County for two years, you go into Lovick's Cafe anytime they're open, you're going to see somebody you know. I promise you that. And yesterday was no exception. I'm not exaggerating. I, there had to have been six or seven people that came up, said they love the show, uh, said you know, just all kinds of nice things, man. Just super, super humbled. And then last night at the LCC president's uh, reception, the same deal, just, uh, so many very, very kind people just coming up and, uh, telling, telling me what they love about the show and got some advice of stuff that a couple people didn't like. And I love it, but I've got to point out in particular, man, I really, really appreciate Jenny Moody. She is the uh, wife of parrot Academy head of school. David Moody just made my whole night. I mean, 
she uh, was talking about how her and uh, Mr. Moody listen to the show pretty much every day. And again, like I said, you know, a lot of times, and I've said this before here on the show, and I've I've joked about it, and uh, I've been serious. You know, I just I sit here, and if you could see where I'm at right now, I've got Molly Ringwald, Hughes, Hanks, the puppy dog, laying down here to my left. And I've got headphones on. I'm watching my levels on my Comrex, and I'm just talking. And a, a lot of times it feels like, you know what, I'm just, I feel like I'm kind of like just talking to myself. I got my cardboard standout of Cliff Godwin over here looking at me and all my jerseys and everything. But to hear something like that, so thank thank you so much, Miss Moody. That was very, very sweet. And it made my night. And Linda will even tell you, I was just buzzing after that. That was very, very awesome. So thank you, uh, Jenny Moody. Thank you to David Moody. Had a really good conversation with him last night, too. We're going to get him back up here on the show sometime in the next couple of weeks, too. Uh, but just thank you so much, Jenny. I made my whole night. And just everybody that I talked to yesterday. And I don't want to start naming off names because I'm going to forget somebody. But you know who you are. So thank you so much. And, again, just a blast at the president's reception last night. So incredibly honored to be uh, to be asked to be a part of that. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people there. Uh, just, uh, man, I can't get used to it. And I know he doesn't listen to the show, so I can say this, but I'm not that it's bad. But Brantley Briley, uh, if you've not seen Dr. Brantley Briley, the former president of uh, Lenore Community College lately, man, are you in for a, uh, a surprise. He's got a ponytail. That's right. Dr. Briley has a ponytail. Uh, and just looks he doesn't look, he's the, not just a double take. It's a triple take when you see Dr. Riley these days. But, uh, but again, I uh, got to hang out with Molly Taylor and, uh, her lovely husband, Jimmy, uh, Richie was at our table. Uh, Deborah Sutton from the college sat with us. It was just a good time, man. And, and again, again, if you see me, you know, uh, I like to eat. I mean, I'm a big fan of food and I'm telling you, Jeff Jordan, uh, just does a great job. The head of the culinary arts department at Lenore community college. They had all kinds of fancy stuff. They had pork belly. They had, uh, just all kinds of great food, man. It was awesome. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to LCC and, to everybody was there and especially you, miss Moody. That was awesome. I really do appreciate you. Um, some breaking news uh, came out yesterday. Multiple media reports have uh, Derek Rivers, who was just on this show just two weeks ago here with us, uh, that he has re-signed with the Houston Texans. If I hadn't have been so uh, pressed for time for today's show, we would have probably tried to get him up on today's show. We may talk to him over the weekend and have something on Monday's show with him. If we can't talk to him live, then uh, maybe we'll record five or ten minutes or so. But congratulations to Derek Rivers uh, for uh, re-signing with the Houston Texans. That's a pretty big deal, guys. That's a very big deal. Uh, I think he's going to be 100% healthy going into this year or two. So uh, just very excited. Very, I would love to see Derek have an injury-free season and see what he can do. And I'm telling you, with the Texans, he's going to have a lot of opportunities uh, as, as a very good edge rusher. Uh, and I keep hearing that, listen, Houston is going to be one. Of, I wouldn't call them a surprise team, but they're a team on the rise for sure. And, uh, you heard, uh, Derek here on the show, talk about how much, uh, uh, how, how excited he was. If that's where it, he ended up, I, I gotta admit, I mean, I'm glad he's there. Listen, that's a program that he's familiar with. It's a franchise he's familiar with, but I'm not going to lie. Uh, Mary, uh, his mom and everybody else. I know we were all, I wouldn't have minded to see him, uh, with the Carolina Panthers. That would have been, uh. Uh, that would have been exciting. That would have been very, very exciting to uh, to have him in Charlotte. Heck, I might have even – I don't know if I'd have got season tickets, but I can guarantee you this. I'd have definitely gone to a game or two this year 
and uh, checked him out. But, uh, man, very, very excited. You know what? I haven't even done this. I need to look at the Houston Texans schedule and see if they're going to be close to here this year. Uh, it's Keith Spence. Look that up for me, man, if you're listening right now. Let me know uh, how close does Houston get to uh, – to uh, charlotte this year maybe they're playing in charlotte this year that would be awesome too but maybe we'll i don't know uh, just it's going to be so awesome so awesome to have Derek rivers again on uh, the houston texas sideline and i'm going to have to order now a uh this is his second year with him i'm going to have to order me now a Derek rivers i've already ordered my reggie bullock uh uh dallas mavericks jersey now i'm going to have to get me a uh a houston texans jersey i've already got my uh, Patriots won with him on it. But anyway, anyway, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm sure Paul, who's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes, is going to want to talk about it more too. But uh, yeah, my heart was broken yesterday. We're in the NCAA tournament. And yes, Virginia blew another first-round game and uh, in, in just spectacular fashion. They didn't just blow it. I mean, they're up with less than what? 10 seconds left to go in the game and the one guy on the team that you didn't think was going to lose his mind. Well, frankly, he lost his mind. Uh, Kihei Clark, uh, gets double teamed in the defensive backcourt. And, uh, instead of passing it to Reese Beekman, who was about six to eight feet away from him, or even calling a timeout, which they had left, he heaves the ball down the court and just, I got to tell you guys, I've not, I, I Keith Spence and I coached a 10, 11 and 12 year old basketball team. Okay. And if one of our kids had done what Kihei Clark did last night, we'd have probably ran him, and that ended up being the difference. Kihei Clark uh, throws it down the court just in an attempt to try to run the clock out, I guess. It gets picked off by a, a Furman player who uh, passes it up court. They hit a three-pointer with two seconds left, and bing, bang, boom, there you go, 68-67 win for Furman over Virginia. And... There you go. That's about, like I said, I'm sure that, uh, Paul's going to want to talk about it here in a little bit, but, uh, I, I think I'll be sharing scores with you, <laughs> you know, as the NCAA tournament continues, but, uh, I'm not sure how much of, uh, the proceedings I'm going to watch over the next three weeks. I mean, I just, guys, you just don't know how hard it is being a Virginia fan. Yes, yes, yes. We won the 2019 championship. I will never forget that uh, one of my, if not, you know what it's got to be. That's a sports high watermark. The number one sports moment in my life was uh, watching Virginia win uh, the 2019 NCAA championship, especially after 40 years at that point, 40 years of pulling for Virginia. And the times have been close and the UMBC lost a year before that and the four years of Ralph Sampson, uh, who was awesome, three-time college player of the year, but never really won anything. And after what Jim Volvano did to us in 83, and that, there's just plenty of times I can tell you of uh, my heart being ripped out of my chest by uh, the Cavaliers. For them to uh, win it in 2019 just meant the world to me, and I, I'll never forget it. And that's maybe what takes a little bit of the edge off this. Yes, uh, Virginia, uh, has a tough time. Yes. Linda Duke won last night, uh, by a lot. Actually, I think they won by 25 points last night over oral Roberts, uh, a quick, uh, an oral Roberts team that had won, uh, 17 in a row. They, uh, really the, the, the Dukies did pretty well last night, but anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Virginia and guys, you just don't know how hard it is to be a Virginia fan. And I know there are going to be state fans. Greg Clemens listening is listening to this and Tammy Kelly and all our other state fans. 
But you know what? I mean, you won championships in 74 and 83. And yeah, it's been, it's been a tough 40 years for you, but, uh, you, you've not had the types of losses and the types of uh, heartburn and, and pain that uh, Virginia has given me over the years. But again, you know what? I can look on my arm and my ink on my arm. I can go in my man cave, look at the national championship uh, banner that we've got in there. And it does take a, a little bit of the pain off, but man, that hurt yesterday, especially when the, the game is won. It was freaking won. It's 67 to 65. We've got the ball. When I say we, I mean Virginia. Virginia's got the ball, and the game is over. Essentially, the game is over. And uh, for uh, someone like Kihei Clark, who the best, uh, I don't know, he's one of the two or three best point guards in uh, Virginia history for that to happen to him, or for him to do that, I just, I don't know. I I can't understand it. It hurts my heart, and it is what it is. But uh, good luck to your teams if your teams are still in if you're an Arizona fan, you're not real happy. They got knocked out last night or yesterday by Princeton. Uh, let me see here. I guess I could. I guess I could be a good sports reporter here and uh, give you the other results from yesterday. But uh, Alabama. Wait a minute. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. You know what? Look it up yourself. You've got your. Uh, uh, you've got your bracket, and I'm just in pain right now. We'll, uh, we'll talk, like I said, we'll talk more about that as, uh, we get going. I guess Alabama, Maryland won yesterday. Uh, San Diego state Furman won yesterday, uh, Missouri and Princeton won yesterday. That's crazy. Duke did win very easily yesterday, 74 to 51 Tennessee knocks off Louisiana 58 to 55 for that win. Uh, Northwestern and UCLA win, Kansas wins, uh, Arkansas defeats uh, Illinois. That's in the West bracket. Then uh, Houston and Auburn win in the Midwest bracket. And uh, Penn State upsets Texas A&M, and Texas beats Colgate 81-61 yesterday. So there you go. I gave you the whole update. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, our hometown heroes update, they're getting slim. Uh, Reggie and uh, and, uh, Dallas Mavericks. They are at L.A. tonight to take on uh, the uh, the Lakers. That game will be on NBA TV. And then Brandon and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, they play today and Sunday at Houston. LCC Baseball, big series for them this weekend. They're 14-8 overall, 7-3 in Region 10, and they host a three-game series at LCC this weekend against Bryant and Stratton out of Virginia. Uh, Bryant and Stratton is 14-12 overall. They're 6-5 in uh region 10 but uh they play at noon and at 3 30 on saturday and then at noon on sunday so lots of chances there for you to be able to see lcc this weekend uh jerry stackhouse and vanderbilt they're 21 and 14 overall and they play uh, michigan tomorrow at noon uh at home in the nit in the second round of the nit that game will be on espn uh some uh results from last night in prep sports uh, man, low and all these scores come from maxpreps.com. but, uh, paired Academy last night played at home or yesterday against North Raleigh Christian, a tough, tough one to nothing loss to North Raleigh Christian in uh, that baseball game. Uh, the Patriots fall to six and two overall, uh, North Raleigh Christian is now four and three. We were going to try to have, uh, Robert Kravitz on the show today. Uh, and he said, and I just, I'm reading a message from him that he sent me just seven minutes ago. He said he would love to be on the show today, but unfortunately he has a terrible sinus infection. He sounds awful and we're going to, uh, get, we'll have him on next week. Uh, they've got a big game today though. Uh, and again, it's, uh, we'll get that to that schedule here in a second, but tough loss. Like I said, for North Raleigh Christian last night, one to nothing. 
uh, at home uh, to uh, NRCA. Uh, the Patriots are now 6-2 and two overall, and they have the big game today. They play at Bethel Christian Academy at one uh, at 4 o'clock today. That game will uh, – that's the uh, the battle of the private schools here in Kenston, so that should be a pretty good game. 4 o'clock today, like I said, at uh, Bethel Christian Academy. Uh, at, at 5 o'clock today, Green Central, who is 4-3 and three overall, they travel to Chakawenity Southside in a non-conference game. Southside is 4-2. and two. That's at 5. How about this? The game of the night, though, outside of Parrot being at Bethel Christian is North Lenore, who has been off for a minute. They travel to Southwest Onslow. And if you think, oh, that's just going to be a rollover game for the Hawks, eh, not so fast, my friend. Uh, Southwest is uh, 5-0 and overall. They're 1-0 and in the conference. North and North 3-1. and This will be their first conference game. Uh, Aiden Grifton is at home at 7 o'clock tonight against West Craven. Aiden Grifton is 4-3 and overall. They're 0-1 in the Eastern Plains. West Craven is 4-1 and overall. They are 1-0 and in uh, the Eastern Plains. And then the last game of the night tonight on the baseball side is South Lenore at home at 7.30. They take on Wallace Rose Hill. South Lenore is 3-2 overall. They're 1-0 in the conference. Wallace is 2-5 uh, overall. They're 0-1 in the East Central 2A. Last night's softball results, a couple of blowouts for our Kinston teams. Uh, Parrot Academy lost 16 to nothing to North Raleigh Christian. They fall to 1-2. and two. And then Kinston lost 17 to nothing. Uh, and they fell to zero uh, and five overall, zero and two. And you know what? I don't think I I did not. I didn't mention the uh, baseball game between East Duplin and Kenston yesterday. Uh, East Duplin wins that twenty-seven to four. East Duplin just it looks like they're awesome again. They're six and one, two and zero in the conference. And the Vikings fall to zero and five and zero and two. How about tonight's softball games? We got a full slate too. At five o'clock, Green Central travels to Southside. Green Central is 0-6 overall, 0-2 in the conference. Wallace, uh, or uh, South Lenore, hosts Wallace Rose Hill. South Lenore, a little bit slow out of the gates, but they've played a really tough schedule so far in softball. They're 2-3 overall, 1-0 in the conference. Wallace is 7-1 overall. They're 1-0 in the conference. North Lenore, 3-1 overall, 0-0. They travel to uh, Southwest Onslow, who is 2-6 overall, 0-1 in the conference. And Wes Craven is at Aiden Grifton. How about soccer last night? If you want to know more about this uh, story and this score, visit Junius Smith III's encmoments.com. But Parrot Academy in Spring Creek played at historic Granger Stadium last night. Parrot Academy comes away with a 3 to nothing win. Parrot Academy is now 2-3 and three overall. Uh, and uh, Spring Creek falls to 1-3. and three. We've got a couple of big games going on tonight. And uh, girls soccer, North Lenore travels to Southwest Onslow. That is going to be kind of a tough game for uh, for our Hawks. They're two, three, and one overall. This is going to be their first conference game. They're taking on a tough Southwest Onslow team who is five, one, and one. And then South Lenore is two, three, and one. Also, this is going to be their first conference game tonight as they take on Wallace Rose Hill, who is one, six, and one. Good chance for South Lenore to pick up a win there. So there you go. You're caught up with all the local sports, uh, everything else going on. Let me tell you about Lenore Community College. I was bragging about being out there last night, and it's just amazing what they do. For almost 65 years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. 
find out how you can change your life today and again. Uh, just We've spent the first uh, 23 minutes of bragging on LCC and just absolutely, they do so much stuff for our community. And again, uh, if you want to improve your quality of life like Paul Whittington did, then uh, you can go to Lenore Community College. Isn't that right, Paul? Stuff that I'm learning to you. <laughs> I've been practicing that all morning because it's St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Do you have your green on? Yes, I have my green on. Okay, very good. So Sam won't be uh, Samantha won't be pinching you now because you don't want that to happen. So, well, this story is maybe not radio appropriate, but you know, when I first woke up this morning, I actually forgot it was St. Patrick's Day, and I got dressed, and she called me out for not wearing any green. And so I quickly changed. And then after I changed, she came over and pinched me because when, because at first I wasn't wearing green, I was like, well, that's not how it works. <laughs> and then I reminded her when she woke up in her pajamas, she wasn't wearing green. So I was able to get her back and she didn't like that. But, um, that is, I don't know. It's women be crazy. Unless this story leads to naughty time happening. I think it's a pretty good story. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> that's good right naughty time okay anyway yeah it has been 11 days since you have been on this show dude which is i gotta tell you probably over the last couple of years that's got to be the longest stretch of time that you've not been on the brian hanks show paul i know i was having withdrawals on monday i didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> well to let people know who maybe don't know and they may be right now going wait a minute isn't this when Mark Panicelli from 252 ESPN is supposed to be waxing poetic? Well, usually in a, you know what, for uh, more than a year at this time, this is what happens. But you know what? I had an epiphany and, uh, I was driving along one day and I was like, you know what? Having you on on Monday, Paul, it just, it, because you are our, our NASCAR expert, you're a Carolina hurricanes or NHL expert, but specifically with NASCAR, dude, having you on on Mondays is almost defeating the purpose. Yeah, we can recap, you know, the race the day before, but I really want to preview that weekend's, you know, the upcoming weekend's race and having you on on Monday when we really don't even know. I think you even said it one time. We don't even know the entry list sometimes of, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's almost like trying to preview an event. We don't even know the teams that are going to be playing in it, you know? And yeah, uh, that's right. So anyway, my point being for folks who maybe don't know this, for i don't know i think through the end of nascar season maybe for infinity now you are going to be our friday first hour guest and uh panicelli is now on monday because it's easier with him to recap what happened over the weekend you know like in college basketball no we're not talking about it. i've already talked about it okay but uh, you know in, in the ncaa tournament in nba uh when football season comes back around to you know to take a look back at the sunday games that kind of thing so uh, I just think, I don't know why I didn't think about this in the beginning. And, dude, I appreciate Panicelli. But more than that, I appreciate you for being so flexible and moving around with this, Paul. Seriously, thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Glad to do it. And it does make a little bit more sense to, to preview a race on Friday instead of on Monday when we're still <laughs> a week away. And and to your point, yeah, we don't get the entry list until sometime Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning at the latest. So when we talk, we – we really don't even know who's entered, who's going to be entered into the race because NASCAR just hasn't released it yet. So, so I was more than happy to to be flexible to make our our NASCAR our NASCAR conversations maybe a little bit more engaging, more so than maybe they already were because they were they were pretty top notch already. Oh yeah, hell yeah, they've been. Other than I, let's let's take a look back at last week's United Rental Works United Five Hundred. By the way. 
Why do they have United in the title twice, dude? It's like the the Department of Redundancy Department, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, if if they called me to say, hey, Paul, what do you think the name of this race should be? It would be like every race would be the Paul Whittington for America 500. <laughs> like, the Paul Whittington for so, America. I like it. I yeah. like it. <laughs> so, so they don't call me and, and ask. And no, that's not a preview. I'm not running for president, but they don't call me and ask uh, what what I think the name of races should be. Um, if if they did, though, I certainly wouldn't throw United in the title three, four times. But we also would have never had a race called uh, the the Bushy McBush 400 presented by Bush Light. <laughs> but see, now that's funny. I think the United, yeah. let me read this again. The United Reynolds work, United 500. It's like, come on, man. We don't need that. Put United, call it just the United Rental Works 500. You don't need the second I, United in there. I agree. I agree. Well, you know what else you don't need? You don't need Chevy dominating uh, NASCAR in the first four weeks of the season. And specifically, William Byron, who won his second race in a row, dude. I mean, just, I what in the way? You told me two weeks ago in Vegas, oh, Fords are going to dominate that. I don't remember what you told me about Phoenix. but And like I said, it's been 11 days ago, so I can't remember. But who who did you have uh, as your favorites going into Phoenix? Oh, man, I, I, I don't remember. Um, I know that I was I was looking at the Hendrick, the Hendrick cars because they've, they've been so fast at every track that we've, we've gone to. But to your point, William Byron was was absolutely hooked up last Sunday at the Phoenix Raceway, as was Kyle Larson, as was Alex Bowman. And how about that? Josh Berry getting a, a 10th place run in Chase Elliott's seat in only his second NASCAR Cup Series start. Uh, so that was great for that team, all four Hendrick cars in the top 10. And they needed that because whew, Hendrick had a rough weekend. We'll get to that in just a second. But <laughs> yes. uh, William Byron winning – Winning stage number one with Kyle Larson finishing second. Wow. Kyle Larson wins stage number two with William Byron finishing second. It was real easy to see who the class of the field was. And then you had Kevin Harvick leading when it mattered most. Looked like he was going to take Ford to victory lane for the first time in 2023. And then with about 11 laps to go, we had a spin. That means we've got to all come to pit road. That means there's going to be a restart. Cautions produce cautions because that wasn't the last caution of the race. And lo and behold, the cream rises to the top. William Byron and Kyle Larson were probably the best two cars all day long. If the race had stayed green, though, they had nothing for Kevin Harvick, but it didn't stay green, as we know. And William Byron gets his second victory in a row and his second win on 2023. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) it is just crazy just the season he's having already again two wins uh he's ranked what fourth in uh driver points i think maybe as i'm looking at it here on nascar no 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 what what am i so so you're probably looking at uh the playoffs okay um or I actually don't know what you're looking at. Um, <laughs> I'll send you what, a screenshot of because it, it says driver rank four points, 144 points behind minus 10. Am I, what am I looking at? You, okay. We're going to get into it right now. 
um, you were probably looking at some sort of snapshot that was released after the race prior to penalties being handed down to the four Hendrick Motorsports entries okay. uh, and then the 31 entry of uh, Justin Haley and his colleague racing Chevrolet. So with this next-gen race car, every single part on the race car is purchased from a single source manufacturer, meaning these race teams no longer fabricate parts for their race cars. They don't build their own race cars anymore. They buy a front clip from a certain vendor. They buy a rear clip from a certain vendor. They buy all these different things from various vendors to include what's called a lover or a hood vent on the hood of these race cars. I've got one and, on mine, dude. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I do. That's right. So when the cars unloaded at Phoenix and went through their initial inspection run on on Friday or Saturday of last week, it was identified that there were five cars in the field, four of them from Hendrick Motorsports, one of them from College Racing, that had illegal hood vents, meaning that they had been, they appeared to have been modified in some way that was not approved because you cannot make adjustments to single source parts. Teams have held fast that they opened the box, they didn't meet NASCAR specifications, they didn't meet the OEM specifications, but that's what they received from the manufacturer. They popped them on the race car. NASCAR confiscated them prior to qualifying. They were able to qualify. Um, but on Tuesday, when penalties come down, NASCAR issued uh, some pretty severe penalties to five different race teams. Um, we'll start with the number nine Chevrolet of Josh Berry. Uh, for, for him, it was no penalty to the driver because he is not – there's no point in, in assessing him a points penalty because he is not racing for points in the NASCAR Cup Series. Okay. So they suspended the crew chief, Alan Gustafson, for four races. Every single crew chief at Hendrick Motorsports and then the crew chief at uh, College Racing on the 31 car was suspended for four races. All five crew chiefs were fined $100,000 apiece. All drivers in this mix, with the exception of Josh Berry, were assessed a 100-point penalty. Wow. a 10-point penalty for the playoffs. So, what does that do to our drivers? Well, that made William Byron, who was contending for one of the top spots, dropped him to 29th in points. Wow. All the way down to 29th. Alex Bowman, our point leader at the end of the weekend, dropped him down to 23rd in points. Justin Haley, poor guy. I don't know that this has ever happened, Brian. He only had 60 points on the season. He was assessed a 100-point penalty. He now owes NASCAR 40 points. Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? Look at your text while I talk here for uh, 30 seconds or so, and you'll see what I just didn't want you to think that I was hallucinating. That is what was on his uh, page that had him fourth in points. So uh, there you go. And you're right. Now that I look at the NASCAR Cup, so you're right. 23rd is Alex Bowman. 29th is William Byron. And you're absolutely right. So I do apologize for uh, passing along that bad information. But, but at least you could see what I was looking at, okay? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they just haven't updated the, the driver pages yet here. But, but that was a significant penalty, and they all the teams have, have announced 
that they are they are going to to appeal the penalty um, as as they should, right? Yeah. Um, but but there is precedent here, and and I don't know how it actually matches up with 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 this situation. But last year, Michael McDowell in one race and Brad Keselowski in another race had 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 a similar issue where there was a modification made to a single source part for Michael McDowell. If I remember correctly, they ran out of a particular part and couldn't get it. So they just kind of made it themselves. So they actually, they appealed it actually withdrew their appeal and just decided to, to take the penalty. Brad Keselowski um, with his issue, the, the independent appeal board actually upheld the penalty. Uh, in this situation, Chris Rice over at College Racing, uh, Jeff Gordon over at Hendrick Motorsports, uh, and their teams have released statements uh, saying that they did nothing wrong, that the, the part arrived at the shop, they opened the box, put it on the race car, came to the racetrack. NASCAR does have a process for stuff like this, Brian. If you receive a part from a manufacturer that does not meet the specifications as required by the rulebook, you're just basically supposed to pick up the phone and call NASCAR and tell them, hey, something right here. They'll come down, check it out, and swap it out. Yeah. The teams apparently didn't do that. And do I, do I think that the penalty here, if, if everything is true, that these race teams 100% didn't make any modifications, and a point of clarification here, for all four Hendrick Motorsports cars, it was both hood vents on each race car. For the Justin Haley race car, it was only one of the hood vents. So kind of a kind of a weird dynamic there, but nevertheless, if if it is completely true that the part arrived, they took it out of the box, slapped it on the race car, and went to the racetrack without calling NASCAR. Do I think that is worth the the penalty that was assessed to all five race teams? Absolutely not. I would feel different if in post race inspection they caught it. Then yes. You, you raced an illegal part. You probably knew it was illegal. And, and yeah, four races, all the points, get the, get the win taken away. But then we would only be talking about William Byron and Kyle Larson. We wouldn't be talking about five different race teams, right? Um, but that's also why we have a, appeals boards. I'm okay with NASCAR saying we're going to go ahead and, and levy the max penalty. You take it to the review board, who in the past couple of situations that they've had have actually upheld NASCAR's penalty. But – it's easier to look at a situation and reduce the penalty, I think, than it would be to actually increase the penalty. So has the, has the appeal board actually increased the penalty before? Yes. Has the appeal board, <laughs> the independent appeal board, actually looked at NASCAR's decision and said, nope, you're wrong, we're taking the penalty away, and have they pissed off NASCAR? Absolutely. That's happened too before. So, so we'll see. It'll go to an appeal board here probably next week okay um they haven't actually announced when the appeals will be heard i would assume after atlanta um or at this point i would pretty much guarantee after atlanta because they're not going to do it today but uh we'll we'll see we'll see what all happens i i don't like the fact that we can issue a max penalty because somebody didn't pick up the phone and call nascar i think that's the problem with these single source parts if you get it if, if it arrives at your race shop and it's wrong, what do you do, especially with the supply chain issues that are still kind of existing in the industry? I think it's just a tough spot. 
Well, you know me being Mr. And again, that voice you listen to is Paul Whittington. He's our uh, resident NASCAR expert. We're talking about uh, the penalties handed down to uh, Hendrick Motorsports and uh, I guess, uh, how do you say, Callig? Callig? Callig. You know, they finally NASCAR did what they're supposed to. I mean, we know for a fact that these Chevy teams have been cheating, you know, for who knows what they're doing for. For a number of years, and you know what? I've got to listen. This is me applauding uh, NASCAR for finally stepping up and recognizing that, you know, the, those cheating people over at uh, Chevrolet. I mean, you can't say cheating without CHE from, che- from Chevrolet, okay? Is that true? Is that true? Is that is that a fact? That's where we're going. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, we dude, long time that. No, you know, I'm joking, of course. But uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But for William Byron, it's not that big of a deal. With two wins, he's already clinched his way into the uh, into the playoffs. I mean, obviously, he doesn't want to be that far down in the points, but does it? It really doesn't matter, does it? He's already clinched his way in. It it does, but it doesn't. Yes. Okay. Because because NASCAR did away with a you have to be in the top thirty rule, uh, it it doesn't matter. Which he's twenty ninth in points unless they have another weekend like where where they bring some bad parts to the racetrack. He's he's not going to drop much further. He's he's going to he's going to climb back in there. But he lost 10, 10 playoff points, and right now he's got no points for the playoffs. I mean, basically it erased everything that that he's he's done it took away the two wins like 10 points is basically two wins okay now whoa, 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 whoa no back no back up so although he won the races he's not automatically clinched into the playoffs now no no, no. He, he's clinched into the playoffs okay okay he doesn't he doesn't have playoff points i don't know what that means you're gonna have to break that down for me and i hate to be the the dumb guy, no, but that right. does, but that you're doesn't right. make sense to me. You've clinched the playoffs, but you don't have playoff points. So when the playoffs roll around in whenever it is August, September, whenever, yeah, has, is he in the playoffs? So when yes, yes, he's in the playoffs. When the playoffs start, every playoff driver has two thousand points. Period. Okay. You earn extra points by winning a stage. So if you win a stage, that's one playoff point. If you win a race, I think that's one, maybe or four, something like that, playoff points. If you win the regular season championship, that's 15 extra playoff points. So the way that we stack rank it is he, because of his two wins, because of the, the stages that he's won, he has, he has garnered like 23 playoff points. So so if the playoffs had started last weekend, he would have gone into the race with 2,023 playoff points. He lost 10 playoff points, so now he has 2,013. Okay. I, I That sort of makes sense, but so, now, now my yeah. head is really hurting, but please continue. <laughs> so so let, let's, let's take it take it for example here. You have Corey LaJoy, who's currently the if, – if the playoffs started today, he would be the 15th driver, Okay. Uh, he, he doesn't have any playoff points, but he's he's in the top 15 in points. So he, had, he would start the playoffs with 2,000 points. If you're William Byron, you're the second seed in the playoffs, you've won enough stages that, you're, that, that you've got 13 more points than, than the 15th place person, so you have 2,013 points. 
you can pretty much guarantee a first-round buy for William Byron unless he just wrecks out of all three races. Okay. So you accrue playoff points throughout the regular season to, to kind of make those first couple of rounds a little bit easier for you, where it's not you're not putting yourself in a must-win situation unless you go out there and just, like I said, wreck, wreck your way out of uh, uh, the first round of the playoffs. That makes more sense. Okay, I appreciate that. God, why is it well, so well, co- why is it so well, complicated, dude? <laughs> it's it's kind of like if if you win the the um if you're the top seed in the AFC, you get a first round bye. Yes, it's basically a, a similar situation. Well, I appreciate you're just you. Point. That's cool. No, no, no. Let, let, I, I got you. Let's let's let it go before my brain explodes here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well that's a look back and that's uh what else you got going on? i know you you sent me a nugget here harvick is going to go to the 29 car for the all-star race for the all-star race uh with it being kevin harvick's last year they're pulling the number 29 out of retirement and he's going to get to run it in the all-star race and he gets to do that because it's an exhibition race uh but it's putting him back in the 29 car one last time and I, I, I think it's really cool that all the partners involved got together and allowed this to happen because you had to have NASCAR's blessing. You had to have Richard Childress Racing's blessing because that, that is their number and their, their stylized font and all that stuff. You had to have uh, Stuart Haas Racing's blessing. You had to have Bush Light's blessing because they're the number on the – or because they're the logo on the hood of the, hood of the race car. Uh, but they are going to throw it back. It's, it looks very similar to his original paint scheme that he ran after Del Earnhardt's death, kind of that first year in the, yeah. in the Cup Series, the white with all the red and stuff. Uh, it looks great. The car looks really cool. But for one final time, Kevin Harvick going to be behind the wheel of the number 29 when we go to North Wilkesboro here in, in just a few weeks. Okay, now that's all fine and good, but when he replaced uh, Earnhardt after that awful you know accident that took uh, Earnhardt's mm-hmm. life, that was a Chevy. He's driving a Ford now. Is this uh, all-star car going to be a Ford, or is it going to be a Chevy? No, it's still a Ford. Still, still a Ford Mustang. It's just a, it's just a 29 that's painted up to look like uh, the car that he originally ran. I'm kind of, are you not a little bit series. surprised though, that Chevy, okay. I, all the other stuff, you know what? That's fine. I can appreciate that, yeah. but don't, I'm just a little bit surprised that Chevy's kind of allowing that, not that they're allowing it to happen, but that they're not, do you think yeah. they put up any kind of fight about this? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. okay. I, I think, I think this is one of the decisions that the manufacturers really don't have any say in. And we've, we've kind of seen this kind of stuff happen a little bit already with Darlington's throwback weekend. We have seen um, some cars stylized like old older race cars, like Jeff Gordon. Um, they had a throwback to his baby Ruth car in the Xfinity Series. When he ran that car, that was a Ford, and it was a Chevrolet that was doing the throwback. So you're, you're really just throwing it back to the paint team, right? And, and the, the manufacturers have, have no entitlement to the numbers. The numbers belong to NASCAR and okay. ultimately okay. the race teams. So, um, it's the, really the biggest, the biggest decision maker in all of this was Richard Childress and, and allowing Stuart Haas racing to borrow the number 29 for a weekend. Wow. Well, I, again, well, that kind of. You know, not that I have any kind of soft spot in my heart for Chevy or NASCAR or whatever, but it, that's <laughs> going to be fun. And 
<clears throat> should we yeah. remind people that you know you you and I are going to be there for that whole weekend? Oh man, it's going to be so much fun! I can't wait. <laughs> dude i can't wait either man that is gonna be that's gonna be a blast man i can't wait for sure okay anything else before we get into previewing uh this week's uh races in atlanta anything else from the past week of nascar i don't think so i think we've pretty much covered it all um it was a pretty crazy week with all those penalties and then and then he had uh denny hamlin go on his podcast actions detrimental and admit to intentionally wrecking Ross Chastain in the final laps, and he actually got a penalty from NASCAR for it. <laughs> oh, dude. When, and it's not just in NASCAR. The same thing happens in, uh, in, in in every sport. In the NFL, NBA, you know, just put a microphone in front of somebody's face and they'll just say the, the darndest things, won't they? It's, you know, if he hadn't said it on the podcast, we wouldn't be talking about it because – he, he basically, at the end of the race, he was he knew that he didn't have the car to compete. He knew that going into one of these corners, he was going to wash up the racetrack and he was going to get blown by and finish in, the, in the, the mid to late teens. And he basically just said he saw – he happened to see the one car in his rearview mirror and he was like, well, well, buddy, you're coming with me. And when he slid up the track, he just collected the one. And may, hopefully now this is all behind us, but it – on the, I don't think anybody thought it was intentional in the moment. I think they just saw him wash up the racetrack and he collected the one. And, and maybe Ross Chastain knew it was intentional. Denny Hamlin certainly knew it was intentional. But I don't think anybody would have thought anything about it if he hadn't gone on his podcast and said, yep, I did it. It kicked NASCAR off, and now you have a situation where a driver has admitted, I intentionally uh, put, put my thumb on the outcome of the race and and change the change what would have been the finishing order because i made a decision to do so and and nascar does not look kindly upon that as they shouldn't correct i mean that by the way dude thank you goodness gracious what a sexy car man and i mean that (laughs) that is a good paint scheme okay that is very cool and you talk about a good use of you know because i am definitely not an advocate of pushing the numbers forward you know as they've done like under Mm -hmm. the mirrors that looks yeah. good, though, dude. I got to give you that. That twenty nine, and then the bush, what the bush light, and then below that, the mobile one. Uh, I may have to put this uh, it, with uh, just so everybody can see it. It looks great. Um, that uh, it, I, I thought it was really cool that you know this this car. He raced it for the first time back in two thousand and one, and and Bush Light is using the logo that that they had back in two thousand and one. I thought that was a really cool touch. Well, I, I really like it, dude. I mean, that is cool. Okay, well, that's enough of uh, – dude, Dude, we've only got 10 minutes left here. Uh, here we go. I, I had – we moved you to Friday so we could do a longer preview and uh, <laughs> because I definitely got to talk Hurricanes and, Sve- and Se- yeah, Svechnikov too, dude. I got to get your feelings mm-hmm. on that. But give us a preview. Atlanta this weekend and uh, your race – the driver you think is going to win and the driver who uh, you're going to pick to win. Yeah, well, we got all three series in action this weekend. Uh, the Craftsman Truck Series and the Xfinity Series will be racing on Saturday. And then the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday, the Ambetter Health 400 at the reconfigured Atlanta Motor Speedway. If you go back to last year, and, and hopefully you remember, 
we completely repaved Atlanta, but we did more than a repave. We we changed the racing surface. Wait, 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 wait a minute. The, you keep using the, the personal pronoun we. You were down in Atlanta and repaving the uh, the, the surface out down there? <laughs> I, I've been a lot of places in my life. <laughs> been a lot of places in my life. Uh, NASCAR <laughs> and the folks over at Speedway Motorsports did a repave of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, but they did more than just a repave. They actually changed the bankings in basically all throughout the racetrack. And the reason they do that is because Atlanta was, was racing really good. It's always been a very fast racetrack, but it had to be repaved. The surface, it hadn't been repaved in like 20, 25 years. Like it had been a long time. And what happens when you repave a racetrack is you, you take away all the rubber that's been laid down over the years. And so when you go to a repaved racetrack, the racing kind of suffers. For, for a couple of years while you're waiting on rubber to be laid down and to have more grip in the racing surface for these race cars. So NASCAR and, and the, the geniuses over there at Speedway Motorsports decided we can do something. We have to repave it, but we can do something additional to make it a better racetrack right now. And it kind of runs a little bit like a super speedway. I uh, put on a great show in both of the events last year at the, the newly configured Atlanta Motor Speedway. And now we're going back. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun time. This is a, this is a great racetrack and, uh, I can't wait. And if you remember, we're talking about Kevin Harvick in that, in that awesome number 29 car. This is where he got his first win three weeks after Dell Earnhardt was, was taken from us at Daytona. The series went to the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and he beat Jeff Gordon in a memorable finish by less than six inches. It was a crazy run to the finish, and literally by less than six inches, the 29 car edges out the 24 car, and Kevin Harvick goes to victory lane for the first time in his career. Wow. Well, there you go. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get your preview. I mean, you're, who you think is going to win? Who who's the favorite to win? And then who is Paul Whittington picking to win? I, I think that those are different things. I mean, for you know, who the general consensus uh, this car, this car, this car. But who does Paul Whittington think is going to win this weekend? Yeah, there there are a lot of people that are high on Ryan Blaney. There are a lot of people that are high on Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick always runs well in Atlanta, but it is a newly reconfigured racetrack, so we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. I just think it's hard right now, Brian, to bet against the Hendrick Chevrolets uh, because William Byron has has won the last two races. Cheating. Uh, all the Hendrick Chevrolets have have <laughs> wahoo wah, have been uh, have been, all the Hendrick Chevrolets have been have been running really well. But you go back to last year, William Byron won this race a year ago, and then when we went there in the playoffs, Chase Elliott went to victory lane in this home racetrack. So Hendrick wow. Motorsports swept these races last year. They've, they've won the last two weekends. I just think it's hard to bet against the Hendrick Chevrolets. I love a good story. I'm going to take William Byron to win three in a row. Wow. You know what? And as much of whatever as I am, you know, anti-Chevy, definitely anti-Hendrick, that would be a neat little storyline. You know I mean? I, I could, I, I can yeah. get on board for that. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll do, we've got hey, about five. Hey, real quick. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Real quick. I want to, I want to ask you a little trivia question. Oh Lord. 
The NASCAR Xfinity Series went to the Atlanta Motor Speedway for the first time back in 1992, okay. March 14th, March 14th, 1992. What NASCAR Hall of Famer went to Victory Lane, and what was the make of the race car? Oh, good God, that is hard. And this is you're talking about like in the AAA series, not in the correct. Yeah, okay, correct. Oh, 1992. Would that be right around the time of Jeff Gordon and maybe when he was still with Ford before Chevy stole him away? Ding, ding, ding. We How? have a winner. With Jeff his, with his, with his porn mustache? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jeff Gordon won the inaugural race in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in Atlanta Motor Speedway driving a Ford. Well, how about that, dude? And I promise I did not cheat on that, but you know I'm so bitter <laughs> about – Dude, so, so, so bitter about uh, – yeah. Jeff Gordon should have been one of Ford's all-time racers. And mm -hmm. uh, that slimy Rick Hendrick, you know, who cheats all the time and has been uh, – you know, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. Hey, real quick, man, and we've got to uh, – I, I cannot let you off the line here without us getting a little uh, – carolina hurricanes talk in and since the last time you and i talked 11 days ago just devastating man just heartbreaking uh injury to the carolina hurricanes take it away yeah andre sechnikov going down an acl tear he is done for the season Ugh. likely done for the for the playoffs as well um here's why i think we're okay there's there's a pretty deep bench down there in chicago uh we've gotten jack jury back there were there were some decent picks up, pickups at the trade deadline, and we've already seen some production out of those guys. Um, but you go back to earlier this year, Brian, during that big winning streak, a lot of those games were won without Sebastian Ajo. And then we fast, we get Sebastian Ajo back, and we lose Jacob Slavin, the best defenseman in, in arguably the National Hockey League. And the Carolina Hurricanes still went, managed to win a lot of games. And admittedly, since we flipped the calendar to 2023, we haven't gotten as much production out of Andre Svechnikov as we did in 2022. That being said, like he's he's still a vital piece to, to this team and, and what they built. But but I think the Canes, with this next man up mentality that they've had all season long, and with the the scoring depth that we've seen from this team, I I think they're going to be okay. From your mouth to God's ears, dude, because, uh, you, I, you know, and I don't know if it's just because we're Hurricanes fans or just because we're sports fans, yeah. we always anticipate the worst, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, you can be the second best team in the NHL, but, you know, you just don't know what happens in the, in the Stanley Cup playoff. I mean, anything can happen. You've seen eight seeds sweep a one seed in the first round of it. You <laughs> get the hot – you know what I'm talking about, dude. You get the hot yeah. – goalie then anything can happen and you know i think and maybe not you you're you're a more level-headed sports fan than i am paul but you know i mean i guess i've just been kind of sitting and then this happens like well here you go and what uh <laughs> new jersey's just right now one point behind i guess we're going to see carolina fall but, for the two go ahead go ahead but the carolina hurricanes have two games in hand new jersey has played 68 carolina has played 66 this is where it gets tricky though brian they're going to start a back-to-back uh, a -back series this weekend. They're going to go to Toronto tonight, and then they're in Philadelphia on Saturday. By the time we talk again next week, we'll have played a home-and-home -home series against the Rangers. Wow. So a tough string of four games. you got the, the Leafs, the Flyers, two games against the Rangers. And then we talk next Friday, we'll be previewing a weekend series between 
a back-to-back at PNC Arena between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, you're up one point. You've got two games in hand, but it certainly doesn't get any easier. It really does not. And how many games? They play 82 games? Is that correct? 82. 82. Yep. Golly, dude. It just... And they play all the way through April 13th, so we've still got essentially another month of the season to go here. So a lot can happen between now and the end of the season, correct? A lot can happen. A lot can happen. And, and New Jersey certainly doesn't have a cakewalk either. they got a weekend series against Florida and Tampa Bay uh, next weekend. And then before they close out the month, they've got to go through the state of hockey. They've got to play both New York teams. Uh, so, so their schedule certainly not getting any easier. Well, very good. Well, listen, uh, Paul Whittington, uh, it, it, it feels odd here still on a Friday, but, uh, you know what I got to get, we'll go a minute or two over into the eight o'clock hour, just real quick. And I know you're up against sure. it too, but, uh, how's your bracket look, dude? And I mean, yeah, I've already done my Virginia talk. I did it before you came on. Uh, Hey, at least I got 2019. That's why the way I'm trying to keep my head up and your poor mom and poor Molly Ringwald Hughes, Hanks, a puppy dog. They heard me screaming and throwing things yesterday. That was just awful, awful. But how's your bracket holding up, dude? I got 11 of 16 right yesterday. How did you do? Well, actually, you're going to be disappointed. Um, don't tell been, me you picked. Don't tell it, me you picked against Virginia. No, no, no. But I do. I do have a friend that did, and he sent me a screenshot of that yesterday. <sighs> he picked. Uh, he picked Furman over Virginia as one of his upsets. But um, I actually didn't get a chance to fill one out. I, this week has been so busy. I completely lost track of everything, and I didn't enter the first bracket challenge or fill out a bracket this year. Wow. But I'm happy to fill one out real quick just so I can be 100%. <laughs> dude, I love it. I love it. It's I, like the uh, first first year in a long time that I haven't filled one out. Well, I'll say this, dude. I only entered uh, what? I, Eric, I entered Derek Saltzgiver's bracket. I entered uh, Dr. Uh, Scott Andrews. You know, he always does the, you know, yeah. pick a team that, and then – you go to the next day and yada, 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 and you do three. Of course, I lost Virginia in that one, but uh, let me see. I did. I, however, I did correctly pick uh, Tennessee and San Diego State yesterday, and I've got Kansas State and Gonzaga winning today in my other two. But, dude, just say, uh, golly, man, just a uh, – I have no desire. This is what I told your mom yesterday. This was in the heat of the moment after – the I, I paint after the paint peeled from the wall after me you know <laughs> having my heart broken and uh saying words that i probably shouldn't have said dude i and i mean it and let me ask you i mean i don't know you're you're not as die hard ncaa tournament i don't think but i gotta tell you paul i have no desire and i'm and i'm not saying that to you know to be hot take guy or whatever paul i've got no desire to watch the ncaa tournament now and that's not conjecture oh yeah yeah my, my bracket, the bracket I've been following this month has been the World Baseball Classic bracket because uh, that's back on right now. That's got my attention. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, maybe I'll watch Duke. Maybe I'll watch uh, ECU's women's um, when, when they get going, if they haven't already. I actually don't know. Tomorrow um, night. Tomorrow night, tomorrow tomorrow night, night at 10 okay, o'clock. Okay. Yep. I, I didn't think it. Oh, tomorrow night at 10. No, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick. I know you got to go. Um uh, you, you didn't give your pick for this weekend. I I, you're right from the NASCAR point of view. You know what, dude? I, uh, I'm going to go against the tide, and I'll tell you why. Because you got me all pumped up, what, last or what, a couple weeks ago for uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, for Vegas when you were like, oh, it's going to be a Ford sweep, and then what happens? Yeah. Ford gets in there, and uh, they don't do anything. I mean, uh, and it's all Chevy that week. It's been a Chevy season. Yeah. I'm going to try to uh, turn things around a little bit here, okay? And I'm going to okay. go. He's number one in the points right now, and I think you know we've we've already talked about him. You know, driving the 29 in the All Star race. I'm going to take Kevin Harvick this week, dude. I think uh, it's going to be a four, dude. Chevy can't win the four the first five races of the season, can they? I mean, they can. They can they, <laughs> physically. They can win every every race. Oh God! Right. Uh, but that's not a bad pick. He is Kevin Harvick is uh, is really good at this racetrack. Okay, so I took Kevin Harvick. You took William Byron. We'll see what we got going on there. Listen, dude, thank you so much for uh, blending in there. Danny Rice just said, know that we are there for you. So thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. <laughs> say goodbye to me. Say goodbye to Danny, and we'll call it a week, dude. Yeah, y'all have a great week. Wahoo, wah, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next Friday. <laughs> You're a bastard. Hey, uh, thank you, Paul Whittington. That's Paul Whittington, our regular Friday guest here. Hour two coming up here on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.